We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yo, Lucky Lefty Podcast. Happy Thursday to everybody. Left, it is a great time of the year, great season. And really, I do a lot of praying or intensify my prayers in this season because a lot of people do battle with depression in this season as well. During uh during the winter or just in December? It's during the during the holiday season. During the holiday season is something that people struggle with even more than normal and i would uh, like to propose something eight of the 11 major holidays are in the winter so that tells you something right there mm. why would eight of the major eight of the 11 major holidays fall in the winter when that's the death of the sun see we can we can dive into some stuff now we can dive into some stuff but we, we, we get into it man <laughs> but it brings me to our conversation pre-show dude why do certain toys hit <laughs> right so the craze this year amongst young kids is this new hover ball and i don't know if you guys have seen this but like left you were checking it out it's crazy right it lights up it's like a soccer ball usb charge throw it up lights up and it just roams it might come back to you it might go to a person across the room all of a sudden parents are going to be trying to jump on amazon and websites trying to find this thing because kids are falling in love with it and you're looking at like the they have an online guide on how to use this thing yeah um it's it's real interesting it's like so with football Whenever you get some downtime in between, you know, your, your practice uh, periods, we'll get in the circle and kick the football around, try not to get it on the ground kind of thing. They've taken it to a new level with this machine thing that, like, it's it's a it's an interesting concept. I blame the pandemic because you have to be bored to think of something like this. You know, you're sitting at home being like, man, I need to do something. This is what comes out of it. It's no different than them little things that you hold that just spin in your hand. That was a craze for uh, a little while, you know. Even Pokemon Go made a billion dollars in two weeks. Two weeks, and you ain't heard of Pokemon Go since. So it just shows that, uh, you know, 
I mean, what happened to the, the, the old school green and white handheld football game? You know what I mean? You would yeah. sit there Christmas morning, they're cooking dinner, and you just sit down there in the living room and just play games all over again. Just little dots. It, it just, it, ew, dots. Nostalgia of it. It's the same excitement. Just the same excitement. <laughs> the same excitement for a kid. But it's just crazy how they come up with these new toys. Like, I know Teletubbies are the ugliest thing in the world. I've ever <laughs> See, and, now, I don't know about y'all, but I thought Sesame Street characters were ugly. Elmo ugly. was hot. When Elmo hit. But that's, that's an ugly character. Elmo. That is an ugly character. I remember running around in Toys R Us to get that one, bro. <laughs> that was a search for your boy. That's <laughs> a red mop-looking monster thing. I just never understood, you know. It's, it's the stuff we used to like. I have to question these days, man. Man, Lucky Lucky Podcast. I'm your boy Sean Davis at SD2 Mics. That dude right there, he is the original Lucky Lefty himself, Malik Zaire. We are brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. It is that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, make sure that you drink responsibly. You gotta drink responsibly. And if just in case, you don't get enough today. Go and listen to everything you might have missed from Lucky Lefty Podcast. Available now, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Connect to CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know we spin it different. different. Now, on today's show, Left, <laughs> we're going to look like hmm we're going to look like we might be homers we're going to seem like we might be haters but <laughs> it's going crazy. to be founded it's, <laughs> it's going to be founded in truth okay <laughs> Notre Dame has another opportunity to add to an already incredible offensive side of the ball in the 2023 recruiting class Frisco, Texas, wide receiver. Caleb Smith, decommitted from Texas Tech about a month ago. Now, tonight, he makes his decision between Texas Tech and Notre Dame. Notre Dame feels really good where they sit with the Texas wide receiver. We're going to go over his film and see what Lev has to say about the young man if he indeed decides to become a part of the 2020 recruiting class. Then we're going to talk about how things are going to play out for Notre Dame. We talked about the transfer portal on yesterday and the impact it's going to have on the college football landscape. How does this impact Notre Dame? Are there going to be conversations had with certain individuals? Who hops in the transfer portal? Who hops in the transfer portal that didn't intend to hop in the transfer portal? Well, it's, it's a deep dive. It's a pretty deep dive left. We'll get into it. And then 12-team expansion is on the way. The holdout that was the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl, finally decided to sign on for the college football playoff expansion to 12 teams. We'll break that down talk about where Notre Dame sits, how it impacts them 
and how it might embolden Notre Dame to never join a conference. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Left. Yesterday we talked about the roster structure. And can I tell you the moment I knew things had changed at Notre Dame? When? The coaching staff had been put together. And one of the first commits in the 2023 class was a running back with a pretty famous father in college football lore. Father played at a school a little bit north of South Bend in the Big Ten Conference. Played a little bit in the NFL. He commits to Notre Dame. Four-star player. And a new running back coach sits down with Marcus Freeman and says he's good but he ain't Notre Dame good. Mm. that's when I knew the standard was being lifted and raised at Notre Dame Mm. because in making this decision once again a kid that was one of the anchors of the class locked in loved the school in spite of what his parents thought about the school and it was a tough decision they talked to the young man they decide to part ways. And the next thing you know, Jaden Lamar, Dylan Edwards, and Jeremiah Love are stacked on top of each other in the 2023 class. And I would venture to say all three are probably better players than the player that they let go. That was a PR hit in the recruiting world for about two weeks, I would say, left. For about two weeks, Notre Dame took a hit. Marcus Freeman took a hit. And then the whole story just kind of faded away. Just faded away. And that's the moment that I said to myself, 
It's a new era at Notre Dame. Well, left, now we come to the offseason. And the current roster in Notre Dame, we might have some quarterbacks that we discussed on yesterday that we think will be good fits for Notre Dame to come in and compete with Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner and possibly start for the Fighting Irish and take them to the next level. That might be some defensive ends that can come in and possibly start, right? You have Braden Fisk out of Western Michigan, who was rumored to have already heard from Notre Dame. And then this morning, Stephon Heron, who had a sack against Notre Dame, defensive end. He's already graduated from Stanford. Stanford, Notre Dame, it's a perfect academic fit, right? Former four-star player. Yeah. Defensive end. He'd be a perfect fit coming off the edge. So I think the Notre Dame coaches will be looking for certain positions. Yes. Add to. But let's have this tough conversation about what might be subtracted from the program. We brought up an interesting conversation yesterday about the young linebackers and whether or not guys like Kaiser and J.D. Bertrand would return. Uh, J.D. is looked upon as a leader on the field. He was sorely missed when he was injured. You saw it against Navy. And he got back on the field and probably played two of the best games I ever saw him play all year. But how much of J.D. Bertrand returning hinders the linebackers that they have ready to roll, the young linebackers. Do you really want Kaiser in front of a Jalen Sneed at Rover? These are difficult questions. These are difficult questions. If you have Jaden Mickey and Benjamin Morrison ready to roll with Michael Bell and Christian Gray coming in, Philip Riley, Ryan Barnes, Chance Tucker, do you have to sit down and have a conversation with them? A real conversation, like, yo, mm, uh. I mean, I agree with you how we talked about us not accepting the scholarship of a kid that wanted to commit back in the summer. Mm-hmm. I agree. The things changed right then and there. It yeah. let us know that we just not taking anybody. Not that he wasn't good enough, but we need to be uh, elite in the fact that we're taking only what fits and what's the best in the country. We're not looking to just take guys just so they don't go somewhere else. I think that's a strategy a lot of teams use where they're just accepting guys just so they don't go to their rival. I don't think we're in that category. I think Marcus Freeman is really trying to hone in on what's going to make this team special, and that's being direct. And it's it's a tough job. I always was upset with Coach Kelly of not making the, the head coach decisions that you need to make, dating back to me and Deshaun. You got to pick one early and rock with it. Mm. That's what you get paid to do, the tough choices. Don't have us – couple days before the game telling us you don't know what to do. This is the hard decision. What do you mean you the head coach? You're getting paid millions of dollars to not tell us you don't know what to do. That's not what I want to hear. So Marcus Freeman understands his assignment where if there's some there's some murky things that happen in college football recruiting, it's, it's not black and white. Absolutely. And, and you're going to get paid all that money to make those decisions without hesitation. And I think Marcus Freeman accepts that and takes that role on. And, and once you make decisions and, and you're not 
leaving it up to chance. You're not leaving it up to it working out or whatever the case is. If you just say, this is how I'm rocking, this is how I'm not rocking, things like how the story didn't last that long in the media just go right off your shoulders. I think that's the approach we definitely need to take. But it, it's, it's, it's not going to be the most fair thing in the world. But, hell, life isn't fair, and Alabama didn't get to the top by being fair. They still not fair over there. So for us, I think it's important that we we are a little mean. We are a little, little different when it comes to recruiting because it shouldn't be easy to come to Notre Dame. But if we do want you, it shouldn't be a tough decision. Like, I don't think this decision tonight by Caleb Smith is, is a hard decision to make. You mm. know, we left it up to, to Dante to make an easy decision that he made hard, and he ends up, you know, eating crow because of it right now. So Notre Dame, if they want you, it's for good reason. And you you better not let it slip because we're not waiting on anybody. And I think that's what's going to get us to climb faster uh, to hitting that championship tier that we want to be as a team because it's got to be considering the fact that this transfer portal and these kids leaving at the drop of a anything happening is, a, is can be damaging to a team. And I think having that mindset that that Marcus Freeman is carrying is that you know we're we're looking in the transfer portal, but we ain't just looking to take the hottest thing smoking in there. We're looking to be specific, and we're looking to fill holes that can help us hit that next level, which we do have holes. You know, I think we've seen that throughout the season, and and thank goodness for the transfer portal, we have a chance to address that. Hopefully, it's not. Uh, something we take a step back in, but in in regards to the transfer portal, it affects the culture as well. You're bringing guys with different intentions and plans on what they want to do with this one year, one year and a half. But then we also got to look at it as how are we going to uh, use that to affect that that next season coming up? You know, do we look at transfers like Theo Weiss, a receiver coming from Oklahoma that has two years, not just one year, he has two years. So is that an investment that we make? You know, I think, a lot of guys jumping in this portal now is is getting ridiculous. It's it's more and more names, more and more schools. It's like, man, are y'all telling kids to leave or what? So the one thing you don't see is a bunch of Notre Dame kids doing it at this point. You see a lot of kids coming back. So it just speaks to the culture and, and that, you know, if you're in the Notre Dame, uh, the team room, you're in a good spot for controlling your own destiny. And it's crazy because you talked about I think on Monday we discussed why Notre Dame is different from God for guys wanting to transfer. Because once you commit to Notre Dame, you don't want to leave without that degree. Yeah. Like, so you're willing to stay maybe an extra year <clears throat> more than most people are willing to stay, right? Yeah, so you can do more than just football. Yeah, so you'll take the red shirt, stick around for two years. That's how they get you. If they red shirt you, now you locked in. Now you're locked in. Now you're locked in because you're going to go Academically, you're able to set yourself up to possibly leave with two years of eligibility left on the field. Now that's what you want. While getting the degree from Notre Dame. That's what you want. You want right? the two years so, if you're going to go. Yeah. But that's also giving you five years in school. It's just a tough – I'm telling you, it's that tough conversation you're going to have with Adam. You're going to roll it. You're going to go into that, 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 that counselor room and he's going to lay out, all right, you need these credits to graduate, and you're this close. Now, if you leave, 
who knows what's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to transfer credit. You got to start over. I don't know. But you make that decision. So it's a lot of pressure <laughs> to just leave out on that degree. And then, you know, with the program being where it's at, you, you feel real close all the time that you on that verge of, of cracking that lineup or, be, or making those plays and all it takes are one or two good games for you to have to make you want to be like, okay, I can stick this through because there's more reward and benefit on that side than jumping into the wild, wild west of transfers. I mean, now this is just – I feel bad for them kids because it, it, all these kids jumping in transfer portal not going to be too many getting picked up. And if they do, you know, who knows if they like it when they get there, you know. So that was – Another tough thing that they don't talk about, liking it when you get there. I didn't like it when I got to Florida. That's because the whole team was falling apart before the first week I was there. So it was like, damn, <laughs> it was kind of crazy. But if you a guy like <laughs> JT Daniels, where he could transfer every other week, I mean, that's what it, it, it assume. I assume it's going to end up turning into you bringing kids in every Tuesday. <laughs> Bringing kids every Tuesday to work them out, and hell, they'll maybe on the field the next couple weeks after. It's just how fast college football is moving. Um, but we'll see how it goes, man. Mess around and have a trade deadline in college football in a couple of years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They gonna have to start trading players. I'll trade, at this point. I'll trade you this red shirt freshman who has promise for uh, your veteran uh, defensive your veteran end. starting. Yeah, defensive you need end him right now. That's right. It's, But I think it would make it – that's the only way the NCAA will level it to where they get back to controlling things. But that 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 would be crazy because it's already crazy at NFL with the trade deadlines and free agency. But on the business side, that's, it makes a lot of money when that stuff starts to go around. And a lot of attention, a lot of fanfare, especially NBA free agency, it always goes crazy. So I can only imagine – now, yesterday you said something on social media that I thought was very important when you look at this transfer portal and how the dominoes may fall. You feel like in the future they might allow young men to leave after their sophomore year the way things are going. Yeah, lower that age. I mean, at this point, if you're going to have an expansion and you're going to drag the season on, I mean, 12 – you know, the 12 college football playoffs mixed in with just the regular season. It's making a long season, you know, 15 weeks of a high school season. I was like, damn, I need a break. <laughs> so playing from literally the beginning of August and even before that through camp and this and that, getting ready for it all the way through the middle of January, it's a long season. I think guys, especially when you start thinking of longevity and being healthy, especially if you're a star player, let that age restriction come down and let guys go to the league in, in the two years. I mean, think about it. The Eagles are probably one of the youngest teams in the NFL right now. Yeah. And they're the best, one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL right now. So it just it's just a battle of attrition. And I think it would be fair to lower the lower the number on uh on kids in in, in college football going to the league a little earlier, especially for guys that we see today. Like uh, C.J. Stroud could have left his second year. 
you know, probably would have been better if he left a year earlier, you know, that way it would also allow guys to be able to handle recruiting better in college. Because think about a guy like Cam Hart. He's on his fifth year. And I know Marcus Freeman, as much as he wants him back as a veteran, he's probably telling Christian Gray, all right, you're coming into something I probably didn't expect, but it'll be good. You're trying to massage that whole thing. So I think retention would help uh, if they lowered the age to get to the NFL a little earlier, especially if you're going to extend the season and, and really dry these kids up, you know, from season to season, because as soon as the, like, just think what Alabama players are going through. Yeah, I mean, they done played in every SEC championship, playoff game, championship game. Right. Come back the next They got the week off, and they feel crazy. Feel crazy. It's like they, they don't even go to school no more in Alabama. It's just like, look, we don't know how to how you're going to manage this. You spend right. more time on the field than in any classroom and probably more on the plane than any other – place on campus so you know teams like that need to be allowed to be like all right will anderson i know you just here to just just pass the time because you know last year could have been your best year to come out so it's just gonna be interesting to see but i do think this is more of a money grab because there's still only two or three teams that are even capable of winning a championship because <laughs> their heads and shoulders above these other programs but who knows? Lucky Lucky Podcast. Let me, you know, we always look at the chat. There's a conversation going on. LL Nation going back and forth with R. Riley, who has put up a dissertation in the chat. These are my thoughts. I have no problem with what you feel about the coaching staff or what you think Marcus Freeman should do. But when you put forth an argument, have a better example than Paul Chris, who chose Graham Mertz over Jack Cone, mind you. Got fired in the middle of the season by the school. Wait a minute, wait coached. a minute. Don't be my coach now. I understand that's your coach, but I'm just, you got to use a better example than Paul Chris, bro. <laughs> like if you don't put four statements, you got to have a better example because I can rip Paul Chris to shreds. I can rip that to shreds. Paul, like Jack Cone looked better under Tommy Reese than he ever did under Paul Chris. Did he not? Did he not? It's a different style of offense now. I agree. Style of offense. My point is, you can have some valid statements in what you're saying, but just choose better examples. Paul Chris ain't it, bro. <laughs> you just literally just rendered everything you said, like, meaningless with your example, right? That's like going to court, explaining how things happen, and then say exhibit A and pull out the weapon and say, this is not the murder weapon, but it's the weapon that could have been used. What? Like, everybody is looking at you like, wait a minute. you telling us about the weapon and it's not the actual weapon that was used in the crime? It's a bad example. Paul Chris, the <laughs> entire argument, is a horrible, horrible example. Just horrible. Just Paul Chris is a great coach. Listen, I think that in the as an analyst, we've had plenty of analysts around the program. I think it helps. Um, I don't think Marcus Freeman needs anything. I think it can help him. I don't think he needs it. Well, the first thing is I, I take I, 
I'm not going to assume what he's saying because he said it for like two days. But like, <laughs> for some reason, you're trying to say that Marcus Freeman isn't organized. I, I don't think that's you, true. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where you get that from. Yeah, and I will hope you're not trying to go a certain direction with it. Because <laughs> my whole thing is, you know, I'm definitely gonna give you the benefit of the doubt. But there, how do you how do you quantify not being organized in your first year? How you quantify? Well, I don't know, people. That's know. what I'm saying. Like, don't don't start seeing throwing out easy things that and, you can try said, to. Point. He said once again, bad example. Because another example we used to help organize was Al Golden. Al Gordon, Al Golden might have been one of the most unorganized and, and prepared coaches on the staff this year, week to week. Like, dude, like, think about your examples before you throw stuff out there. Just that's all I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> like, we respect oh, what you're saying. Yeah, we respect what you're saying. But you, you, you got to put it together a little bit better. Yeah, you need better examples. That's sounding too right. Paul Chris and Al Golden ain't it. Ain't it. <laughs> that ain't it. That ain't it. Like literally, Marcus Freeman gave every coach leeway to do it their way. Too much leeway. But and for you to say on the field shows lack of organization, once again, that points to Al Golden being a horrible example. And Paul Chris came from Wisconsin, and they chose to do. He is a Wisconsin dude. He cut his teeth at Wisconsin, and they chose to fire this dude in the middle of the season. Think about that. You need better examples, man. Yeah. <laughs> just, we appreciate the comment. Yeah, we appreciate the comment, but just see. Slow your roll. What they say? Slow your roll. Yeah, LL Nation's trying to rip you up, and I'm like, yo, dude. His, his opinion, he, he he might have some valid points in there. Just, we're trying to help you. Go insert some better examples. If you had said David Cutcliffe. Yes. Something like that. Cool. Even though he got let go from Duke, too. Absolutely. But, yes, his track record offensively is. Daniel Jones. Yeah. <laughs> He's stupid. Hey, Daniel Jones was nice. Against Daniel Jones Jones. to the league, though. He got that dude drafted. <laughs> That's more impressive than the Mannings, honestly. True. <laughs> um, but just talking about the roster moving forward and to continue that conversation, there's something that I said Monday that I would like to reiterate when we I was on the recruiting show, Lee, and that is, this class was expected to be 22 to 23 deep, right? And that was going to be with guys like Dante Moore and Keon Keeley staying in the class because the message was we're not going to reach just to have numbers. That was the message early. Like they let us know early we're not just going to get guys. That's why they decided to let Cedric Urban Jr. go. Yeah, like we're, we're not just going to have him in the class just because. If we don't feel like he's that next level, then we need to part ways. They set the standard. So 22-23 was the max originally, probably falling at 20-21 if things don't work out perfectly. 
They are on a path where they can possibly get up to 27 or maybe even 28 on signing day. Let me tell you what's happened. Not only was there an evaluation in the preseason of this roster, the evaluation continued during the season. So they went into the season at the spring ball and fall ball, understanding what was needed. And then they got to watch people play during the season. And they got to see, hmm, we might have to have a discussion about this position. We might have to have a discussion about that position. And you know what? We might have to go out and get another athlete here, another wide receiver here, another D lineman here. You know what? Let's just go ahead and stretch this class by five more guys. And then we'll lessen the 24 class and get all high-level guys in the 24 class. Let's get like 19 really good, great players in 24. So now we can just really focus more on that class more intensely because there's fewer players that we're focusing on. The message that I think was being sent is going to show up when we see who eventually enters the transfer portal from Notre Dame. I think we're going to see the manifestation of certain conversations that have had and why certain young men were taken in the 23 class or added to the 23 class. I think Without saying it, the coaching staff is saying something in the 23 class. Like, you don't just go get numbers just to, oh, we just, we just, they're bringing in that many players because they expect either to lose a certain amount of players or to have a discussion with a certain amount of players about possibly hopping in the transfer portal or what's your future. Yeah, I, I think a lot of these, because a lot of the top teams are doing it. Yeah, I know DJ Unangagule is getting in that transfer portal because he had a conversation with Dabo. Dabo was like, "Listen, I've yeah. been defending you all year. Yeah. I ain't bench you. Yeah. Like I probably should have at points, but it's a new year. Maybe you want to go back home with your brother. Yeah, you know, because it's available. Because you stay here, you're making my job hard, and I don't want to." have to save face when I don't have to. <laughs> I know Saban probably ain't even talking to players. He probably like, if you want to go, go ahead. Shoot. You know how we do over here in Alabama. So I don't think we should be the the GC nice guys in this recruiting recruiting you can't. You can't. Because these kids is is kind of assholes too. They might You're try to already fighting a losing battle when it comes to Alabama and Georgia. And recruiting. They're going to get the majority of the five stars and top guys, right? So what you have to do is what this this staff has done. Well, not as kill. long as they got Bill O'Brien in their offense coordinator. <laughs> that is a killer. That <laughs> is a buzz kill. They're going to lose some of their recruits because of that. <laughs> that is a, I mean, Treshawn Holden jumped in. Hey, Treshawn Holden jumped in the portal yesterday. They had a good season. Yeah. So. Yeah. So obviously, and Bryce is like, I'm to the league anyway. Yeah. So, so they got you might a lot see of issues defections in that quarterback room as well at yeah. Alabama because it's like five six deep right now. It's so, deep, but who's going to be the guy? Because they be all the unproven. Yeah. Yeah. Who's the guy next year? 
It's going to be very interesting to watch, man. This transfer portal is about to get – it's about to be lit, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But it might be tricky, as Run and B and Run BMC used to say. It might get a little tricky, right? It is so, tricky. And it's tricky for the kids that are jumping in, right? Because there's more investment in certain guys in the portal. And then you have the freshmen who more than likely, say 80% of the freshman class gets red-shirted. Yeah. <laughs> 70 yeah, seventy percent. You need to be around sixty percent, honestly. You right. know, if you hope to keep uh, that gravy train rolling the top recruits because that matters. Kids want to see the young kids playing. Yeah. If they not seeing young kids playing, I just think that's just a hindrance on them even going there because ain't nobody, especially these days with the transfer portal, yeah. the top high school recruits, ain't nobody trying to sit no more. Yeah. Especially quarterbacks. Now we're lucky to get a guy like Kenny Minchie, who probably understands the process a little bit, understands maybe red shirt could be better for him. But CJ Carr thinking about playing day one. Why not? Hey, you know, why not? And that's a conversation that uh old Tommy gotta gotta have. I wonder what his conversation with CJ was once Kenny committed. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that CJ thought he was going to be that dude damn near going to reclassify with nothing in front or behind him, even though that's not how college football works. You know, I was probably the closest thing to that before we picked up Deshaun at the end. You know, I thought I was going to be scot-free. Three years, nothing. That's easy. Right. Because it was only a fifth year and then me, a red shirt guy. So, you know, even in that circumstance, it doesn't work out. But. I think managing talent is just as important as recruiting it. Mm. And Marcus Freeman's ability to manage, because he already got one half of it, he can bring them in. But can you manage them like a boy band? Mm. You know, can they all get enough love to get enough time to do what they need to do before they go solo? Or you're going to have some people in the group that feel like they should be the star, like Beyonce. So, I think the way you manage that is the way of success for the next season. And I think it has nothing to do with who we're playing because I think who we're bringing in and who we have is enough to win and go as far as we need to go. Yeah. So it's really on that coaching staff, especially that guy, Tommy Reese on how he manages the offense. Because you have, that's for example, let's take the wide receiver room, right? who was about to get a tremendous bump in upside and talent. Possibly four to five athletes being added to that room, mm-hmm. right? Let's say Notre Dame goes out and you used T's earlier in the show, the kid that jumped in the portal, or Treshawn Holt. Let's just say, for example, they go and grab one of those guys and bring them in. Well, that means one of those freshmen, or possibly two, Know right off the bat that they're being red shirted. Right off the bat. Off the bat. And then on top of that, we need to have a discussion with somebody. Because Deion Cozy is flashed, Tobias Merriweather flashed, Jaden Thomas flashed, 
we fully expect those three to be on the roster. Brayden Lindsey's gone. You got Lorenzo Styles. You bring in the freshman. You go and get a veteran out of the portal. You look like you're going to be seven, eight deep in the room. At least. There's, some, there's one of those seven veterans. Seven to eight deep as a running football team. Yes. Yes. That's, that's a whole yes. No, We're Alabama with receivers that that could potentially be really good as well. Like we're Alabama when they won the championship uh, with Eddie Lacy, but we got guys like potentially Dante uh, Smith or Devonte Smith and right. uh, Jalen Waddle. Right. Uh, we got potential guys that could be some some what we would hope as right. a huge piece to an offense. Right. We got to change the philosophy if we're going to be bringing seven or eight deep at receiver because those kids are going to be like, man, this ain't this ain't enough balls for all of us, especially if we hand it to the three-headed monster, damn near four-headed monster in that oh, running back It's like a five-headed monster next year. It's like you had the running back you're adding to that room now. And don't let us get no Jeff Sims or no, you know, Hudson Carr because – but when are you going to throw it? <laughs> now, what is that conversation like for the running back room? Add Jaden Lamar, add a Dylan Edwards, who can oh, be yeah. in a slot or in the running back, yeah. or in the running back room. Add a Jeremiah. The Darian Price coming and back. The Darian Price back, right? What is Chris? What is Chris Tyree thinking? I don't think Chris Tyree goes to the league off this Not season. this year. No, but he's a leader on the team. Now, now that's a tough conversation. What what is he thinking? Forget the conversation. Just what is he thinking individually? I gotta hop in that portal. <laughs> you, see, you see the talent. You see what's up. Not only that, Tommy Reese can't figure out how to use you. That's also a thing. Fit is right? is is probably the number one thing you probably want to go into recruiting with. It's fit. It don't even matter what school it is anymore because it. what's the point? Yeah. If you don't fit on that team, don't go. Yeah. That's the number one recruiting advice because it's too crazy. And the coaches ain't telling you the truth. They're going to bring in who they want to bring in because it's a, it's a depth thing. And through the depth thing, if they bring in enough top guys, they believe it is going to filter itself out. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're going to fit into their plans necessarily yeah. either. And and Notre Dame right now is at a, a tipping point because everybody sees the potential. Everybody sees what it can be. But not everybody's going to like how things are going to be ran if we've got a lot of talent on the bench, yeah. a lot of talent on the field just getting cardio and the ball going to one guy. A Michael yeah. Mayer season can no longer happen at Notre Dame. No. It can't. No. Unless you want to lose recruits. Unless you want to be looking as like a one-dimensional team. But we can't. Michael, Michael Mayer is an anomaly that is just like an Ian Book anomaly. Yeah. Won't happen, can't happen if we want to take that next step just because we're getting too many great guys that need the football. Yeah. Which way you want to go? And look, I see a bunch of people in the LL Nation chat.
talking about Chris Tyree needs to be moved to the slot. This decision isn't on the staff. This is Chris Tyree's decision. Like, we're not even getting to a discussion. This is Chris Tyree thinking, like, look, man, I need to be featured. I need to be featured. I want to play running back. It's not up to what Notre Dame thinks, really. Because we already showed him what we thought about him, a utility player. Absolutely. And if that's the way he feels, he feels like he wants to play running back and he needs to be featured. I mean, we can surmise where he might be leaning, you know. And if he's a guy that just loves the school and loves the program. You be a fool to love the school and the program these days. Especially, uh, more than likely, he's he's pretty (laughs) close to his degree, more than likely. Yeah, so, you know, he's probably going to get his degree to end of this year and have a year to kind of spread his wings. But I would do it more for his sake than do it for our own sake. Yeah. You know, and and I think I think he's a great player. I see a lot of CJ Sanders in 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 that kind of pathway to where you just kind of get moved out. And CJ was doing great. Yeah. And then he had that one fumble, and then you know, the rest is kind of history. On yes. how they went about it, but he didn't waste no time and hoping and wishing he went in and did his thing at SMU. So Corey Holmes, Corey Holmes was on the verge of a lot of good things that Notre Dame didn't wait, took his opportunity to go somewhere else a couple times. So I think at, at this point, you got to be aggressive and you got to have a support structure that's not the family at the school that you're going to because there's not a lot of loyalty in that. So because of how we've been just killing it in recruiting and what we have now, mm-hmm. it would be good for Chris Tyree to leave. Not that I don't want him to stay, but I know it ain't it ain't going to be as successful as you could finding a team like a Cincinnati, you know, a Wisconsin, a Nebraska, maybe. Let me give you a let me give you a team that would probably upset a lot of Notre Dame fans. Because I saw the same type of running back go there and be successful. Remember how successful Travis Dye was next to Caleb Williams? A small running back. I mean, I think USC would pick him up just because. <laughs> There's so many opportunities, man, that, that can be available. Just because the landscape has changed, man. It's just changed. And this is why, even though these tough decisions are going to be made by individual players and coaching staffs around college football, Notre Dame should feel really happy. And the fans should be really happy and enjoy the offseason. Because even though things might happen that we might not necessarily like, it's saying something about the expectations that have changed and the level of athlete that they want on the roster has changed. Yeah. It's changed. And it should change. You know, so a, a Jack Kaiser might need to really think about, man, can I really hold off Jalen Sneed? 
We don't want you to. <laughs> Do I want to go and get reps at linebacker? Because I've played a lot of reps. So do I just want to go sit back and now be strictly special teams, second and third team? I mean, that's a convers- that's a self-conversation. Yeah, I'm going in. I'm definitely going into these recruiting trips. And like, how soon you see me playing? Do I fit? Do y'all need me? If y'all don't need me, just let me know. That's a conversation. out here. That's a, con- I mean, that's a conversation. Defensive line, right? Let me tell you something. I've seen a lot of people show concern about what the defensive line is going to look like next year. Don't get it twisted. Jacob Lacey was not the star of the defensive tackle. Howard Cross was. Jacob Lacey left for a myriad of reasons. Communication, lesson reps. Well, why do your reps get lessened, bro? Why did the coaches lessen your reps? They don't put 10 on the they didn't they didn't start putting 10 people on the field. Yeah. Gabriel Gabriel Rubio started getting more reps. Red shirt freshman. That's what happens. The young guys start to come on. You're right. The the window's even smaller than it was when I was there. Guess who else was starting to come on in practice? Jason Ongate. Yeah. Tyson Ford. Yeah. So now. And and don't get hurt either. (laughs) So now, Jacob Lacey, because we looked at it like, man, why is he leaving in the middle of the season? Yo. Because he ended up committing to OU before this transfer portal started getting crazy. Right. So he did at the right time. But that just goes to show you it's not about waiting around because the hope and wish that it works out. The whole competition thing is a myth. Go to where you fit at. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. sit there and get lulled to sleep. But I'm saying the best guys going to play and we're going to compete every day. No, no, no. Yeah. No. See, that is where <laughs> I push back. That's why I push back on people that worry about the defensive line. Because, look, like we lost Jacob Lacey. Yeah, because younger players were taking his reps. That's what happens. Wait a minute. Because wait a minute. Marcus Freeman said, I don't do gamers. Let's, let's connect the dots. I don't do gamers. I don't do gamers. You're not finna roll out there and have a good day on me. Your playing time is determined about how you impress me and the coaches in practice. Yeah. So if he was seeing less reps, that means somebody was balling in practice. Yes. That means the young players were balling in practice. So people are like, man, I don't know who we're going to have the same players that were balling in practice. Like, no, two years ago, nobody had ever heard of Will Anderson. Nobody, right? He had been in Alabama for a year, hadn't heard about him. Yeah, he was a five-star, but he's in the background. Then he pops on the scene. Most people will say he kind of leveled off this year. Production hasn't been the same. Everybody thought Dallas Turner, after flashing in the second half of last season, five-star. Was just gonna bust on the scene and have like 15 sacks this year. No, it's not the way football works, man. It's a grind. I'm sure Dallas Turner's gonna be a hell of a player before he leaves Alabama. But I guarantee you, he found out this year, oh man, it's not as easy as I thought. Yeah. 
Yeah, because now people scout you. Now they have film on you. Now they know how to work you. And now it's your turn to adjust. It's the same thing. You know how many years the Notre Dame fan base waited for Daylon Hayes to finally turn the corner? Man, that could, that won't happen nowadays at Notre Dame. That's what I'm saying. It's like happen that David Hayes got lucky. <laughs> you wait for kids <laughs> to turn the corner. Malik keeps saying you have a year to a year and a half at Notre Dame to bust on the scene. And nobody feels bad after that because there's so much talent coming in. And you know, it's Notre Dame's just one of those teams where we're a win now program that wants to truly put the best. On yeah. the field at all times. Yeah. And that's and it's not, you know, it's unfortunate. Yeah. That is less of what we had what five, six years ago. Yeah. Where we're developing guys, you know, from a true freshman red shirt. They may sit two years and then we hear about them later. Unfortunately, with this transfer thing getting so hot, dang hot. Yeah. It's easy bake oven, ready made. Yeah, you gotta come. You gotta come producing something. Yeah, you know we can't be filling up everybody bucket. You gotta come with the bucket half full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I totally agree with you. It has to be half full, right? And like I said, when they changed and they said, "Yo, we have to take these steps forward," it might have caused some friction with players that are used to what they've been doing at Notre Dame. That might have been what Michael Mayer was talking about after the BYU game with the locker room kind of being split. He was transparent about that. That's what first-year coaches have to go through. You know, but just because, look, Jason Adamiola, great player. He's going to the league. Isaiah Foskey probably a second-round pick going to the league. When's the last time those two guys led a defensive line in Notre Dame to hold a team, to uh, hold a, hold, have a season average under 100 yards per game against the run? Let me know. Been a minute. Been Let a me minute. know. As another, much as we love them. Another guy, Maris. Great story. But that specific position needs to be better. Are we waiting on a guy like Maris to come around? Or are we looking in the tank being like, there's a guy I'm ready to see, Nolan Ziegler, Jalen Sneed, mm. uh, how you say his last name, the, the Samoan, number 44. Tulamaka. Tulamaka, yeah. I'm trying to see them. See them take a stab at it. So, yeah, I mean, we love this the great – Feel good stories, man. And no, every Notre Dame game, we get another kid talking about he grew up eating Notre Dame cereal and wearing the jerseys as a baby. That's all great. But that don't mean that's going to win championships. Like the fan base was made to believe, yeah. you know. So yeah. it needs to be a concern and focus on winning now but also having great retention through a great development process from a player standpoint and also a focus on retention, on keeping guys in the building. Yeah. I think that's just the hardest part about college football right now is keeping 
guys in the building. Yeah. So moving forward, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch how things evolve, knowing that Marcus Freeman and his staff have a new outlet, a new outlook. I'm sorry about that. A new outlook on roster construction and what they want and what they expect to be on the roster moving forward. You always want great players at the top, but it's more so about raising the floor of the bottom of the roster as well. Like that, that's really what solidifies your program and elevates your program. And I think that's truly what they're looking to do. Transfer portal, 23 class, 24 class, ESPN raised the 23 class up to number two in the nation recently. They already have the 24 class ranked number one. So, look, they have a plan. That's clear. Now, whether or not they can execute it and then develop and get it to happen on the field, that's totally that's totally out of our hands as fans. Yeah. <laughs> We're just like you. We're sitting back watching, waiting, yeah. and hoping. That you better not roll out. On that field and put up something that don't look good, which I think is an exciting time for the coaching staff to to address and handle and get a game plan. Yeah. How do you attack this? I know I don't think we're going to look in the FCS portal too much. I do think we'll take a look at some of these guys. I mean, it's just it's just new guys every freaking day. Yeah. <laughs> so the game plan should be. These are the positions we need to fill and just keep an eye out for it. Yeah. Recruiting office, front office. I mean, damn near we need a general manager at this point because Marcus Freeman still got to be out there coaching. Yeah. He can't just be the general manager that flies all over the country eating dinners all day because he got to get in that, that film room at some point, see what he got. So I think it will be nice to have a general manager type of college position that it take those trips for him, you know, take that pressure off of him making the decisions on uh, swaying kids one way or the other. He should be locked in on really getting the most out of who he has in the building and making sure that staff is in tip top shape, yeah. you know. Lucky Lucky Podcast, as always, go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Podcasts available each and every day, 2 p.m. Central Standard Time is when it drops over at CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown, Lucky Lucky Podcast, you already know, we spin it different. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. About to watch some film in a minute. Let's get to some of these comments and questions left before we get out of here. Uh, Ashley Hill says, Gabira, Gabriel Mills, Ernsberger, Ford, Onye Cross, Traore, Vernon, Houston, Janina, who's the beast? Uh, I think I think Ashley Hill was one of the guys that actually, I don't know if it was in the comments after the show that brought this up because I know I've read some people on the message board 
talk about this as well as well as as well as hitting me up on social media. Look, I think the point we're trying to make. No one thought Jason Avamiola was an automatic beast. No. You hoped he was. Alabama is still waiting for Dallas Turner to be a beast. We yeah. assumed he was going to be yeah, a beast. He was going to be. And the production wasn't there this year. Yeah, it just takes a lot. Yeah, just... And Alabama fans are like, yo, what's up? Nobody knew Wusu was going to be a beast. No. Notre Dame waited two and a half years for Dalen Hayes to be a beast. A long time. Dude, the best first step in the pro in the program along the defensive line, and I keep telling people this, he's TJ Watt like. He's absolutely TJ Watt like. That's Josh Burn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he put on 30 pounds as soon as he got to Notre Dame, and the dude's first step coming off the edge is bananas. Bananas. I said that in preseason watching practices on Irish Breakdown. He's bananas. His first step, step is crazy. But don't say they don't have talent on the D-line because you haven't seen it. No, we definitely got talent. Dude, you, you know, know what I mean? Does it show up all the time? Dude, you know. how long did it take? <laughs> all of a sudden, one season, Adi, Adi just showed up. Adi just showed up one season like, oh, snap. Man, Adi would never happen at Notre Dame again either. Never. Never. Adi came in like a... He was like, man, how, how did you find this place? And then it, it and then it was because the potential in the ceiling was so high. Elstead and the, and the staff took their time with it, and he became a great prospect. I don't know if he's still playing in Atlanta, but, you know, he made it all the way there. That's so people, man, as people, once again, and I'm not saying absolutely particular, once again, as people getting caught up in five stars, man. We can go down a list of five stars over the, the years. Five stars that just left uh, Texas A&M. The five running stars. back, the receiver, Nolan. the linebacker. Nolan, the number one defensive tackle, interior defensive lineman, quiet all year. All year. But bounced. It's like, dude, that doesn't mean anything. You just don't hop on a campus, and then all of a sudden, because you got five stars, all of a sudden you do your thing. No. But that second year, that second year, then you're a dude. If you're a dude, that's the second year has to be the year. It ain't no question. The second and third year. That's all we're saying. Let's stop acting like Notre Dame doesn't have good players, dude. Look at our draft every year. We get dudes drafted. Let's stop acting like we weren't ecstatic when Notre Dame flipped Tyson Ford. All of a yeah. sudden, Tyson Ford is just, oh, he's okay. No, stop. No, Tyson same Ford, first of, all, first of all, Tyson Ford is huge. When they flipped him from Oklahoma, everybody was going bananas. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, it's like, man, who do we have in the room? What no, are you talking about? Tyson Ford is that guy. And Jason right. Onge is bigger than him. And Jason Onge is bigger than him. So. And Jason Onge is on the exact path that Adi and all of those other guys, Khalid Kareem, that were developed, he's on the same path. That's right. Why? Because he started with Elston. And that's who laid the foundation. Yeah, Elston, Elston got a lot of credit now. Path, man. Elston Look, got a lot of credit. 
before we, you know before we assume that Notre Dame's going to struggle, I would say the biggest name, one of the biggest names on the freshman in the 22 class that popped was Donovan Heinrich, Kurt Heinrich's brother. Mm. All that's all we heard all year. How he's I making plays in practice. That, that's all. But my point is. We're not about to sit here and act like the scrubs on the defensive line. And then I'll point out again, as much as you love what is leaving and you feel like Notre Dame's going to be hurt by Foskey leaving and Jason Adamiola, they never contributed to a defense that was able to hold teams under 100 yards per game. Facts. So what, what did they do? Because it's about production, not about it's about the collective, right? Yeah, not about the individual, it's about the collective. Were they able to get Notre Dame to the next level on the defensive line? Yes or no. And I'm telling you, there's a reason Jacob Lacey jumped in the portal. He just jumped in the portal and just started losing reps because the coaches didn't like him. It's just getting hot in that room because the talent is emerging. Thank you. And he's a good player that is a smart player and recognize he ain't finna be dealing with this. Why? Thank you. I go to thank you. I'll be like uh uh what's his name? Jamison Franklin with the Duke. Had a good career. That's all I'm saying. Because that Duke D line room is not what this N D line room is. Oh. Go in there and get your money, man. Wasn't comfortable. It got real uncomfortable. For him, when his reps start getting cut, real uncomfortable. wasn't just wasn't just the coaches. No, some people on his tail. People, and then people the coaches don't make it no better because they just pacifying it because they they really know what's going on. They just like mm. James Saxton, Malik. How would you compare 2013 versus 2023? We had Jalen Smith, so. No, he said, I think he's talking offensively, though. Oh, shit. I mean, damn. Well, it's just too early, you know. It's too early to talk about the 23 class because they ain't got on campus yet. You guys had, no, just from, like, potential. Potential. I think it could be better than 13. You guys had Torian, Hunter Bivin, Steve Elmer. You. Steve was a beast that chose not to play. Right, so right. You, you still can't leave out Steve because right. Steve was starting three years. He was a beast next to yeah. all the beasts that are in the league now. Yeah. He just was like, I don't want to play no more, which is fine. Right. You Steve had, was a beast. You had Durham. You had Will. Beast, beast. You had Colin McGovern. Uh, I heard a lot, but he was good. Yeah. Whatever happened. Corey Robinson. And so, Corey decided not to play. We had two guys that just decided they didn't want to play. Corey be, was one of the top prospects yeah. in our sophomore year at receiver. Yeah. Didn't even care. So, <laughs> did Rashad Kinlaw ever get a shot at quarterback? Man, no, not at quarterback. But that's but that's one of those we're just taking guys. Okay, you know that was Which, a we're just Marcus taking Freeman, guys. Marcus Freeman and them said that we're not doing. They it. would no, never get another now. Rashad Kinlaw in the 2023-24 class because I think these 23-24 are directed. Mm. 13, we just wanted dudes. 
Just like I think the 22 class was. We just wanted guys. Yeah. We got guys now. Yeah. Now we need to get specific. Yeah. yeah. You know, you bring in a guy like Rico Flores. Still, to this day, I don't know what the plan is. Yeah. Are they going to hand it off to him a bunch of times? Is he going to get bigger and turn into a Jaden Thomas? And, you know, what's going to be the, the situation for him? Is he going to be a special teams primary focus? Yeah. Doma Wap says, Sean, LL, the EW scout practices, presuming some or all are open. Um, I would love if I got the scout practices. but This is my first year. I was at every open practice. There's not one open practice that I missed. Full practice. Because they have some open practices that are like first five periods, which is pretty much them stretching. And going through warm-ups and like I'm not I'm not driving. They don't, yeah, they're not showing you nothing. Dude. I'm not driving for that. But anytime no. they have a full open practice, I'm there. Yeah, I wouldn't drive for that neither, because show you maybe the first tempo period where we running some basic stuff and you don't get a good read on any team period yeah. and they kick you out, and then they got the big old yeah, and they got some huge uh blinders and stuff nowadays. You can't even get no sneak peek. Yeah, yeah, and that's why we're saying, yo, this is not an off season of dude. This is an off season to feel great about this program, dude, because everything is really ascending. And as fans, you know, we really have zero to do with what the record is going to be next year. You know, you have injuries, all those type of stuff. That's something that led to Cam Hart. Wanting to come back, but you want to talk about this program being in a better place from the expectations of the coaching staff and how the coaching staff actually loves the players in the program and the former players. It's not even close. It's not even close. Let's do some film. Caleb Smith, wide receiver, Frisco, Texas, left. Makes a decision tonight between Texas Tech and Notre Dame. True slot receiver. Great with the ball after the catch. What are your thoughts? Uh, I like the explosiveness. He plays a lot of special teams. Maybe we get a special team specialist. I talked about C.J. Sanders earlier. Uh, Maybe him fitting in that role, Chris Tyree role. But, you know, I think you just – I would like to know how his role is defined. When he got that offer, are they telling him he's going to be an impact player like an Avery Davis, or is he uh, position-focused on a special teams role where we're not putting Salerno back there, putting guys like this back there because we're trying to actually get a return and be dynamic in that aspect of the game? Um, I think he's obviously explosive. He's fast. He doesn't go down on the first tackle. It's what you want to see as an exciting player. Uh, it all it's just for us at this point, man. It just comes down to how are we going to use guys, yeah. And I think this is a kid that obviously uh needs the ball a good amount. But if we can find really good recruits that don't need the ball a lot but can still be productive in a team setting, I think that's that's that that fine window that you really want to play in. Um, when you see in film a kid's playing running back, quarterback, linebacker, safety, uh, maybe some DN in packages, 
those kids just have a harder time transitioning to teams where it's role-based. You know, if you're a role-based team, which I think Notre Dame is, find guys that fit roles better. If you got, like, you know, how we look at it, Deion Cosley. Deion Cosley is running across the field or running post routes. He's really good at that. Back shoulders, down the Back shoulders, Tobias Merriweather, run by somebody. We're not going to send you on digs and drags and outs and stuff. That's not your role. So we can find guys that fit the role to the offense. And I think we got a chance because clearly the way Tommy's running it, you know, he he likes his guys. And hopefully he can use guys, uh, get guys more involved because I know trust is a huge thing for him. Yeah. But uh, Styles got to have a better – a better season next year. He just has to be. Yeah. And if he don't find his role in there, I don't mind Styles leaving. Because you got a guy like Jordan Greyhouse in the weights. You got all those great receivers, Braylon James in the weights. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it, it already looks frustrated to me. You know, so don't hold yourself back if you don't have to. Because college football moves way too fast these freaking days. Yeah, you're right about that. I love the kid because Notre Dame literally views him as the the true slot receiver in this class. Yeah, he is the true slot receiver in this class. Once he once he gets the ball in his hands, he is explosive, quick, shifty, great after the catch. I'm not sure they really have anybody like that on the current roster. That's strictly. Like, I'm the slot dude. Maybe Lorenzo Styles can be that moving forward. And maybe that's something they look at in the portal as well, even though they're getting Caleb Smith in. Maybe they go out and get a tease to work out of the slot. This is why I would love if we had the trade rules, because I would trade a Lorenzo and go <laughs> oh. get me a bona fide slot guy, you know. I think there's some value in that. Now, we're just Lorenzo going hypotheticals out there, LL Nation. We're not saying that we don't want Lorenzo Styles. No, we, we love Lorenzo Styles. Does Tommy love Lorenzo Styles? Let me put it on Tommy. Does Tommy love Lorenzo Styles? Love not us. Yeah. We love him. Put it on Tommy. Does Tommy love Lorenzo Styles? Not us. We love him. Yeah. I just want the band to play. That's yeah, it. Chad Brown, $5. Thank you for that super chat, my brother. We appreciate you. I'm convinced that Jadarian about to be that guy in 2023. There's your breakout player. Well, I mean, shh. Barring injury, he might have been that in 22 to keep yeah. it above. Yeah. So, you know, but no name fans. I understand. It's nervousness, anxiety, the weight until December the 5th and the transfer portal and how it impacts Notre Dame. And then the 21st and signing day, can you hold on to this guy? Can you hold on to that guy? By the way, someone asked me yesterday for an update on Peyton Bowen, and I said, yo, I don't talk to the kid. He's not my guy. At this point, who cares? And I don't mean it. And I don't get – I I promise you, when I say I don't give a thought to Peyton Bowen, I, I don't. Like, if news breaks, it breaks. Like, 
I'm locked in on 24 kids, some 25 kids. Some transfers. And, and transfers in the bowl prep that's getting ready to start. Because realistically, if we keep Brandon Joseph, is week. Peyton Bowen going to play the first year anyway? Once again, we don't know who's coming back. You don't know who's coming back. I'll tell you who will be. Xavier Watts is going to be one of the starting safeties. I can tell you that. He's going to be in there. I can tell you that. He's but it goes back to, once again, what did we say? People just expect, I think it was Chris Fink who said, man, we fall in love with these stars and we think kids are just about to come in and just take over and dominate. That's rare. And it really is rare, rare in the college <laughs> game, man. That's rare in the college game. Could like, he be that dude? Rare, rare. Could he be that dude? He could. But that's rare. Like, no, it's, it's position specific. Yeah. Jay Tillery is a plug-and-play guy. He was 6'7 when he came in. He's 6'7 his first day. Yeah. And he was quick. Yeah. He's going to play. Yeah. And I don't think, see, that this is how you get rumors started. He said, you're saying, is he going to start? That's what you said, right? Yeah. If he's good as a freshman, he's going to play. He's going to play. I said, is he going to start? Is he going to start? Day one. No, it's a competition. Nobody's handing him a starting job. I guarantee you he's not taking the first rep in spring, first spring practice as a starter. Oh, no. Guarantee you he's not. Benjamin Morrison didn't in fall camp when he got yeah, here. Benjamin Morrison came on towards the end of the season. Yeah. He got five picks towards the end of the season. So all that time before he was trying to get to that point. But you saw in fall camp, you saw, you saw it. That he had talent, but Jaden Mickey had a better. I brought it up. I brought it up when he went up and he popped. They had Logan Diggs in practice, and the entire defense had his back. As a freshman, I said, "Oh, okay." I said, "Yeah, he's gonna be a dude." I I remember calling you on the drive home, like, "Yeah, Benjamin Morrison is a dude, right?" But he had to prove himself. That's the point. Even freshmen, five-star freshmen are going to have – if they held on to Keon Keely, he wasn't going to get the first rep. He was going to have to prove himself. He's going to have to prove himself. And if he comes on during the season, man, it's the same thing for any freshman. You got to prove yourself, man. You got to prove yourself. Because we were upset, and most Notre Dame fans were upset based upon the way the linebackers were playing with the class, the 22 class not playing. Well, guess what? Jalen Sneed wasn't ready. Then all of a sudden, week eight, the light went off. He was coming. That's the way it goes, man. I Honestly, I've never played the game at that level, but left tells me it ain't that easy. <laughs> the hardest part about college football if you're not Caleb Williams, it's just keeping your spot through all the riffraff, all the transfers, got young guys coming up, old guys coming off injury, staying in the sweet spot of playing like a Ben Morrison. It's half luck and half you got to be on point when your opportunity comes. Yeah. If he didn't have the five picks in two games, would we be still talking about Ben Morrison? He still had the same talent. Yeah. 
the ball just didn't swing his way. But when it did, he made it a point, and now he solidified himself as somebody that's going to be in the game. If he didn't have them picks that came his way, yeah, he would still think he's a good player. Yeah, it's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Yeah, you know. So once again, I think you know, just looking at the chat, people are failing to kind of connect to what you're saying, which is no one is being given a starting. There's no one in the 23 class being given a starting position. No, or being promised a starting position, because that means we're bad. Like come in, come in and play, dude. That come would be earn it. Bad. We're bad. Team. It was like no one said they wouldn't play. Like some, you know, Jay Henry's like Morrison played against Ohio State. He wasn't the starter. Jay Mickey played against Ohio State. Like getting snaps is one thing. Starting and being the dude, it's gonna take time. It's just, it takes time unless you are the anomaly. Like, um, oh man, I'm drawing a blank. What's your guy? Started at cornerback. They matched him up in the 2012 championship against Tyler. Man, oh, uh, no, he's uh, a e. Milner. He's no, a e. no, 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 no. He was the, I'm thinking not 2012. Oh, he plays safety now in the NFL, man. But he started as a freshman. He's out of New Jersey. Oh, Elijah Shoemate? He decided. No, no, no. For Alabama, he started as a freshman. The name just escapes him, man. Yeah. Uh, he was an anomaly for Alabama. He started as a true freshman, like game one. You know? And you get a guy like, what's, uh, it's, you just have anomalies in college football that from the jump start game one. Like you're special. A lot of it due to injury. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. You're special. And if you're special, if Peyton Bond shows that he's special, not on a high school field, but on a college field with other really good players. I wouldn't doubt that he got in. Mika Fitzpatrick. Thank you. Mika. Like right. Mika day one. And Alabama, that's impressive. The way they were putting guys into the NFL. I mean, you but hell, he started now. Like you knew he was a dude. Like he was a dude. He was a dude. He was like that doesn't happen. Freshmen just don't start at Alabama, you know. And that's across college football. You just don't. You just don't start, man. You know what time it is, love. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? Junction Petty Story today brought to you by Norwood Norwood.com at premium American Whiskey at Norwood.com. Um once again, before we get to the Petty Story, man, I have to clarify. Benjamin Morrison did not start his first game until the week, the I think it was the fourth week, third or fourth week. Tariq Bracey was the starting cornerback 
And because they were facing Ohio State, they wanted to put Tariq Bracey on the inside for that game. So he started because of the package. He was not a starter. It's a difference. It's a difference. Now, you want to be technical. He was not in the top two defensive backs. And eventually he became a starter. Elevated above Clarence Lewis. On the depth chart, it was either week three or week four. But that proves our point because we said that Benjamin Morrison proved it in fall camp. He wasn't getting the job. So that just proved that proves our point. Like you have to earn it, dude. You got to. You got to earn it, man. Nobody's giving Peyton Peyton Bowen anything. Nothing. Maybe Oklahoma. That's probably why I want to go there. They probably have. <laughs> Oklahoma probably has promised him all types of stuff. But we are beyond promising players anything. We are beyond the NIL giving duffel bags out. Yeah. Because we last longer than the duffel bag. And Dante found out about it. Yeah. There ain't no negotiating with us. Yeah. We don't negotiate with Terry's. Yeah. If you think that you can get something better, go try it. Yeah. But we're not going to be waiting with the roses in our hand. We ain't about to get rained on sitting at your doorstep because you don't want to answer the door because yeah. you got a buddy up there in your room. That's not going to be us. Once again, the head coach has been clear. You prove who you are in practice. And I talked all summer tell about them. Benjamin Morrison and what he was doing in practice. So it was no shock to me when he ran out there against Ohio State. Once again, in the base defense, he did not become the second defensive back until week three or four in the base defense. Those are your starters. Now, if you go to packages, sub packages, all of that type of stuff, based upon the opponent, our point is, please don't expect, please don't put the pressure on, because this is this is what irritates me. If Peyton Bowen somehow doesn't start, then people are going to start saying, what's wrong with Peyton Bowen? Nothing. 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 He went to a great team. He's a freshman. There's nothing wrong with him. He's a freshman. Like, please don't start setting expectations for this dude based upon high school film. Please. Now, quarterback, a little different. I think quarterback's a little different. I mean, you would know. You're the quarterback. We've seen two attack of Iloa jump in there, throw a touchdown to win the game. At the end of the season, though. It, wasn't, season. it wasn't day one. It wasn't day one. He but was it was in the season. That's right. He was allowed to develop, and he had a pretty darn good offensive coordinator slash quarterback coach, too. Well, you got a good coach, man. That's half the battle. Half the battle. And that's why. I would not be shocked. Let uh, Let me just be honest. I would not be shocked 
if Christian Gray or Michael Bell saw the field before Peyton Vaughn. That doesn't mean that they're better players. Michael Bell's nice. But what it says, I've seen Mike Mickens get freshmen ready to play. From Sauce Gardner. I don't, think, I don't think we've seen a safety play early for Notre Dame day one. Maybe Kyle. Kyle was like sub package, right? Yeah, he, he was, he was in there. Kyle was sub package. <laughs> I remember him being in there, not starting, but he I remember him being in there. there. He was definitely in there in specific situations. So, yeah. So maybe Peyton Bourne can be like sub package situational early until he can take on the full-time role. But it would, that's what I'm just saying. They wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if Christian Gray or Michael Bell ran out there because of the track record of Mike Mickens and his freshman defensive backs. Right? And it has nothing to do with being a four-star or five-star. It goes back to what you said, just said. Coaching. Who's your coach? Who's getting you ready? And just having to compete. Like I said earlier, it's going to sound like we hate in this conversation today a little bit. But look, he knows. I don't know. He knows what it takes to get on that field and know the dame. And unfortunately, the young man, when he signs with Notre Dame, he's going to have to prove it. Petty is mom of the of the of the year left before we get out of here. Of the year, damn! Oh my god, this might be of the century, bro. Petty is mom ever, in my opinion, bro. Damn, dude, it ever. Check this out. She puts a goose in the sleeping bag with her daughter. Daughter wakes up, bro. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. that's the pops. My fault. That's the pops, yeah. bro. Yeah, we yeah we we getting a divorce right there. If that was just, because what is that? <laughs> Wait a minute, bro. He set it up with the fan though. I like it, dude. <laughs> what would you do? Oh, which one? If I was the father. No, if you was in there with the duck, the exact same thing. I would have tore. I would have tore that man. That bag would have been ripped. Oh man, poor Hell baby no. girl, man. Poor yeah. baby girl. Yeah. Poor baby girl. Man. She probably ain't talked to him still. Hey, and and throw LeBron James on the petty train again. Man. You know, you know that whole thing last night. You know he was trying to save face from all the L's. He tried to get the low hanging fruit. Of course, yes. nobody talked about it because it was so, yes. so insignificant. Yes, yes. And He's you going back up there from. like we just skipped over it. Like yeah. no, LeBron. Yeah. Like that was he ain't fooling me. And I'm from Ohio, so I see through the games, LeBron. I see, I see through it. Ain't nobody about to. Rally behind you on that man, that little that's like you you care more about a paper cut than the dude chopping off your arm. <laughs> we ain't giving that a little paper cut attention because who cares? Who cares? You had a chance to defend your brother. 
Oh, man. And you wet the bed. Now you want to try to get on the media. The media probably laughing at you, dog. Like, dude, you want to use a picture of Jerry Jones weeks later to jump. We know, the thing. Weeks later, we know you a Cowboy fan. If you was really serious, you would have did it a long time ago, bro. You're not fooling me. Oh, dude. Bro, I had to throw him on the petty train, bro. And my boy, Jose Abreu, I finally watched his full press conference. We signed that contract. He was mad petty, bro. He didn't have to say that. They asked him why he eventually signed with the Astros. You know what he said, bro? <laughs> he said, I got tired of the cold and tired of, and tired of losing. <laughs> he, he broke my heart, though. <laughs> I was cool with him leaving. Left. I was cool with him leaving. I'm like, you deserve to be on a winning team. He said, I'm tired of the cold. I'm tired of the cold. Because losing does suck when you're cold. I'm tired of the cold, and I'm tired of losing. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a man that's tired of being there for real. If he just real. openly like, man, I cannot take this any longer. It ain't no deep reason. I'm cold, and I'm tired of losing. That's that, was, that, that was you in the month of November as you thought about whether or not you was leaving in 2016. It was cold, and y'all were losing. I swear to God, it was the same thing. I'm sitting in that little ass apartment, cold as hell. Can't get on the field. Our team losing. I said, I gotta get the hell up out of here. On <laughs> a culture Friday tomorrow, man, we'll be back at it. Have a great Thursday, but most of all, you have to make sure that you spin it different. We appreciate you, LL Nation. <laughs> Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.